Beans, beans, beans. Beans, beans, beans. I said, what? Say beans, beans, beans. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Banter FC podcast. This is Jake. Uh, I am joined by Ryan. And Ryan, we got to talk about the uh, biggest story of the weekend here. And go, go, you lead us in. You, you've been, you've been clambering all day to talk about this. You, you go ahead and lead off. We've been talking nonstop in the group chat about this. It's it's consuming our lives, pretty much everyone's lives, and that's Wolves 1, Sheffield United 0. Rest in peace, Sheffield United. Officially relegated. Officially relegated. Uh, but I guess that's all we have to say about that, so we can try moving on to some other things. <laughs> <laughs> I, de- I definitely don't want to talk... I. I don't think either of us want to talk about our respective teams matches. No, I I, I can get get a little into it as we discuss life moving forward after this announcement was made. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I guess, I guess the segue can be, I don't care talking about West Ham's match because uh, as things stand right now, they're top of the league. So it, it doesn't matter. I mean, their match doesn't even matter now. They're so far inside the top four that, uh, yeah, like they're they're safe. They're they're gonna end up playing in the Champions League next year, and that is because uh, unless you have been living under a rock, or are my girlfriend who listens to this and texted me at about four o'clock today and said, "What is happening in soccer?" Rn question mark question mark question mark. Uh, so when did this come out? Like kind of late? Well, in America, it was like kind of later afternoon yesterday. Yeah. Sunday. I think it was Sunday and I think it was about two o'clock Eastern time. There was at least an article that came out that it was likely that an announcement would be forthcoming for the European Super League that would have... At that point, it was five Premier League teams. Now it's right. now it's up to twelve total teams, six Premier League teams. Uh, mm-hmm. And at first, it was like, "Oh, I, I've I've read about this once or twice. Like this will fade away." And then it, I it's think, it's come up multiple times. And then like, I think the thought hours, of it, yeah, yeah. Two hours later, I think they came out. Each club tweeted their formal announcement that they will be breaking away in this new European Super League. And as it stands now, from the Premier League, I know it's Man City, Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, Tottenham. From Spain, it is Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Atletico Madrid. Right. And then from Italy, it is Juve and both the Milan teams. Right. I think that that puts us at the twelve, and it it's just been absolute chaos since. So, so to to paint to add some more context to this, to this twelve teams so far, 
the goal of this league is to end up with 20 teams, but 15 of those teams are permanent. So the, the 12 teams right now are permanent. They're looking for three more teams to be permanent. I know they want Bayern. They want PSG. There are a lot of conflicting reports. The The Real Madrid president, who would be the head of this whole thing, has said, no, nah, we, we got PSG. Like, they're, they're coming. Bayern has more or less said, we want no part in this. Team number 15... Dortmund, someone else in France. I like. I, I don't know who that fifteenth team is, but then the other five spots are a rotating member from each of the five main leagues. Right. So if we get into, and this has been universally hated by all fans of all teams and a lot of players who aren't involved with any of these teams have spoken out, and now. As time keeps going by, players involved with some of these teams have started speaking out against it and managers. But if we want to kind of just explain why these teams are trying to create this offshoot league, and I think the the easy answer is money. It's money and power, clearly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And everyone is very mad at these teams, which everyone has the right to be because it's the owners making a decision with the input of absolutely nobody else but themselves. Right. It's very clear based on fan reaction and based on, so you were saying Liverpool was the first of these teams to actually have a game. So they played today. And so that was really the first time, you know, people got to target anger at one of these teams. So you had, Leeds wearing their like earn it the or what is that what they said earn it the yeah, I think Champions it was League a shirts Champions League earn it yeah and uh, yeah Klopp saying you know I don't think this is a good idea Milner after the game was like yeah I hope this doesn't happen so they were really I mean all the owners threw their people under the bus like apparently Klopp essentially learned about it when all of us learned about it like yes no one was consulted it very much came across that the news got to the players and managers the exact same time it hit twitter like there was no hey i just want to let you know we had a vote there there was nothing this all happened in that quick two to three hour window on a sunday american sunday afternoon european sunday evening um and it's just been absolute chaos since. And like you said, that the game happened. It, it's just, it was a weird day leading up to it because obviously I am support Liverpool and I love Liverpool and I love Liverpool because of the players, the manager. I don't care about John Henry. I don't care about American ownership. Like to their credit, they've done well to turn Liverpool around. So like, at, at some level, you know, they've clearly done something to help. But I think the big thing is, and as we circle back to it, it's just the money and power that these clubs are looking to have in creating their own their own league. And so the big thing, too, about the league is that it would, in turn, probably kill off the Champions League, which is one of the most beloved tournaments in all of sport. 
brings right. it, it's like the most viewed tournament. It brings all the Europe, top European clubs together, which is what they're trying to do with their own league. But it, it's it's an infrastructure that works. The issue, which I don't agree with, the means they're going about it. But these clubs, these top clubs plus Tottenham, are. <laughs> I think their main issue is that FIFA and UEFA have too much control over the money and the power. And I think with that, that's the only like little spin on this that I've been trying to like prod and poke at. I So I, I was going to say that too. When, when we are saying this, I, so like I'm totally against this Super League. You can be totally against the Super League, but also also think that UEFA and FIFA and the Premier League, every organization at play here is not on the up and up acting in the best interest. Uh, no one's acting in the best interest of like the fans or players or any of that. Like it's all money. It's just squabbling over who gets what cut of the pie. So there are no, there's no like good guy. FIFA officials and UEFA officials are not the good guys in any situation ever. Court rule has ruled them corrupt agents. Yes. 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 So, and part of this, I guess a part of me has thought this entire time, like when it's come out, and I still hold this as like my overall belief is that this won't come to fruition, at least not now. Um, today or Monday, UEFA was supposed to hold a new Champions League meeting to discuss a new format for the Champions League. And this was also interesting in that Klopp interview because Klopp in 2019 said he is 100% against a European Super League. Nobody would want to see Liverpool play Real Madrid 10 times in a season. Then he was asked about it today said he hasn't changed his mind, but then he also said, and I don't expect UEFA to just do something because I said it, but UEFA asked for our input, and he said we already played too many games, but today the Champions League announced that they would be adding four or five more teams to the mix. Right, so that's that's the other side of this, is that they have also today announced a new Champions League format that is... Not far off from this super, like, if you put the teams all, involved. If yeah. you put a blind resume, A and B, it would look very similar. The one thing yes. where everybody is correctly furious at is that in the Super League, and I think it was a bargaining tactic to get mm-hmm. teams oh, to join absolutely. it, is that the founding 15 members cannot get relegated. And, and that's just the tenet of football like we all love football for having relegation the battles like every every team comes into a season with two goals one don't get relegated two try and finish in the top four to play champions league like that is why it's set up that way that's why it's so popular because there's so much that matters in the mix right but this league obviously setting it up as a permanent it and they would get i think they said in the first season the inaugural season the founding 15 members would each get i think up to 400 million pounds 
So obviously the money's there. It's being underwritten by JP Morgan, I saw, for about $6 billion. Yeah, shocking, shockingly, I mean, again, not that the big banks here are the good guys, but a a shockingly less evil source than where I thought the money was coming from. Because <laughs> the, a, a rumored league like this has kind of been sprouting up in golf, and that the, the people supposedly behind that are, well, ironically enough, probably the people that own a lot of the teams involved in this supposed super league. But yeah, when I saw JP Morgan, it was kind of like, Oh wow. That's like a, a name brand and not shadowy figures. Right. And then, so with that money comes the play, uh, how it plays into these domestic leagues that no matter what, there will be six premier league teams that we listed that will be getting a minimum of a 300 million or 400 million pound cash influx every single year, which is a clear disadvantage to the other 14 teams in the Premier League that don't have that right. opportunity. Right. So you think even even if a seventh Premier League team would be in this league, so so say it happens and say, so what, you still have, I think, has the Premier League essentially said, has the Premier League, because UEFA has said you aren't allowed in our competitions. FIFA has said if you are playing on one of these teams, you are not allowed to represent your national team. Have the domestic, has the Premier League come out and said, get out, we don't want you if you join this? So there's a lot of condemnation and there's a lot of, I've heard or I've read or meetings are being held because there is no, and that's a thing too. There's no official announcement that any of these teams are out of the champions league. That was a big rumor. It could still happen, but the rumor was that Chelsea, Real Madrid and Man City will be kicked out of the champions league, leaving PSG as then you have United and, you have United and Arsenal still in Europa. So right. potentially five of your eight semifinalists between your two tournaments are just getting booted. Right. And will that happen? It, it, it's just so weird because, and that's with, with the Liverpool game today, like people were clearly mad at Liverpool, but the people out there on the field had nothing to do with it. These guys who are in the Champions League semifinals or Europa League semifinals, you know, it's out of their hands. It's not like they're put in a very tough position of their next games, you know, like people expect something from them. Mm -hmm. It's, it's very odd, but yeah. And then you hear that Boris Johnson is condemning it. The premier league supposedly has had talks that these teams would not be allowed in the premier league. It, it's crazy because, one, I don't think they would ever do that. I don't think they'd have the guts to do that. Maybe they should, but they don't. And mm-hmm. two, I, I I, just don't know if it would be good for them. But the issue is the competitiveness in the leagues are so good because they're fighting for the money. With this right. league, you're handed the money. And right. so th- there's no difference if you finish, other than like, the ambition of winning a trophy, which 
you know, would still be there. But once you're in fifth with, you know, three games left, well, you're not going to try and make that push for fourth. It doesn't, it doesn't matter anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. And it, so it, uh, Fabrizio Romano known, uh, Twitter journalist was was tweeting out earlier some of the some of the quotes from I believe Florentino Perez uh, yeah yeah Florentino Perez the head of Real Madrid and I mean they are bonkers uh, like the one that I sent I sent in our group message he's claiming you know if this doesn't happen. It, by 20 so 2024 the 2023 2024 season is when this is supposed to happen he's claiming if this super league doesn't happen that's it professional football's done everybody's going bankrupt if this league doesn't happen <laughs> and and that's what is interesting cuz his statements and statements of these other owners you know they're kind of like separating the fan bases out a little bit in saying like we won't be able to do what we do like we can't and it is funny like come summertime you know if this hadn't popped up every single Liverpool tweet would have 10,000 comments saying sign Mbappe announce Mbappe right and and that would that would cost 300 million dollars to buy him and it's something that I think these owners are trying to make clear like we don't have this much money and that's a point I kind of wanted to get to and turn this to is I mean I started following in the 2014-15 season so I'm not been around for the longest time but the game has changed a lot in that time with tv deals and everything else so there is more money but and and we've touched on it but I wanted to kind of segue a little bit into maybe just the overall greed in the sport right now, whether that's coming from transfer valuations, agent fees, the television broadcast. It's crazy. Like I, I heard a great point today that said uh, one of the British TV shows like ITV or one of those mm-hmm. where they were just like, you know, if, if they were tied in with this project, they'd be, already have advertisements out for it but since they're not they're condemning it right yes and that goes back to what i was saying earlier everybody at play here it's not a like moral crusade for anyone it's just we're not we're not in on like if if nbc if they had gone to nbc and were like hey we want you to to do this like yeah. NBC would be and that's so speaking as a West Ham fan, if West Ham was approached, the owners would they would break uh they would break the pen signing <laughs> signing the dotted line so quickly. Like I think obviously it's bad, but I also think there definitely is a oh well, why isn't that us among some owner because I I have a hard time imagining there are many owners that when presented like, oh yeah, we just get a check for $400 million every year and don't have to work hard to get into the best competitions. Like, hell yeah, sign me up. Right. And that that was part of 
in the Soccernomics book, of course, citing it, but there's a great chapter about the owners and just that it's run by cheapskates and criminals practically. But that's the yeah. thing. Like, I don't want to say that's the thing because the clubs really do belong to the people. Like financially, they no longer do. In, in Germany, there's much more fan ownership. And I think that's why we haven't seen any of the German clubs jump in, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it's got the most passionate fan bases in the world, but in the end, it's these billionaires who are, for the most part, putting in their own money, and a lot of a lot of them now are coming from America, where there's the structure that people who own teams make money, not lose money every year. Mm-hmm. Like Roman Abramovich, when Chelsea were winning titles, he was, you don't want to say flushing hundreds of millions of dollars down the drain because he was winning trophies, but that's what he was doing. It wasn't like he was making money. He was right investing in the team and they won it. But that's the thing. That's mm-hmm. why billionaires own these teams because they have that money. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, the, the point you brought up about, I've seen a lot of comparisons to like, this is just how American sports are ran. And it, in a sense, it is just because you have you have safety nets in American sports. Um, you know, like look at the NFL. A team like the Cowboys loses out on so much money every year because they split rev- like they split what they split TV money evenly. I think merchandise and like stuff like that. Like it's very it is set up to make money for the thirty two owners. And the top tier teams are taking a big loss on that. With I say big loss, they're still all making right, you know, millions of dollars, but they are being they are having their income knocked down to bring up smaller teams. And that doesn't happen in, you know, European football and in global football. And that is like you said, like that's one of the exciting things about it. Like you know, it's bad when things go bad and teams go belly up and cease to exist, but it's all their business. Like it is a business and it's like, you know, we, I, this is a much bigger topic, but it's like, you know, the morals of like, if, if your business fails, like, should you just have a safe, like, yeah. Yeah, like the, it, the parachute. Yeah, like the, you failed. Yeah. Right, right. It and it's it's just so difficult, and that's why I I think the easy answer is we, you know, you don't do this European Super League, but I can be very contrarian in my takes, and I, in no way supporting it. But there is a reason the richest teams in the world all agreed to do this because there is some issue of money at play. And I do think it's interesting too, because, you know, the premier league has fanatics transfer deals to the premier league are higher because they know people care more and they're going to be forced to be higher. So I'm not surprised Mm -hmm. to see six premier league teams join in instantly because they feel the squeeze, even though they're, getting so much money from other places. I think 
for as bad as this is, it is somewhat of just a caution in general that there is a financial issue with football as it stands nowadays. Like, and, and it's a classic, like back in my day, the best player got sold for $5 million and now guys are going for 200. I I mean, like if Mbappe or Holland go, it'll be $250 million easily for the transfer fees. So there is something wrong in general, but this is not the right way to go about it and fixing the problem. Right. So you, I mean, now I'm, I'm just interested looking at, this is the, the Forbes, uh, a projected Forbes ranking of the most valuable football clubs in the world. Uh, just, you know, obviously all the, so they're listing the top 20 here and it looks like, yeah, like nine of the top 20 are English teams. Right. (laughs) So you, you have, you know, you have a team like Everton who's 15th on this list, West Ham 18th, Leicester 19th, just not, (laughs) you know, theoretically huge clubs. Well, in in the global scale, huge clubs in Europe, like big clubs, because they're in England, just getting left out of this. And then that doesn't even, like, we we mentioned it, but not explicitly. There are are only five countries in this. So you have teams like Ajax, you have teams like Porto, who, you know, Ajax was seconds away from a Champions League final a couple years ago, like... Porto has, like, consistently made the knockout stages, like, made quarterfinals, made semifinals, and they're just not not a part of this at all. Right, and it's just so interesting. There's so much more that will come of this in the next couple days, but I think if we transition this a little bit to Mm -hmm. probably what's more most important is like we're fans obviously mm-hmm. and it, it's just the way that fans have no say in this and it it's just disheartening like at the beginning i was trying to find positives and then as i was going through it you know there really are no positives to this move and it, mm-hmm. it feels awful as a fan because it's something you look forward to all week here in the States, you know, you can wake up at seven in the morning on a Saturday or Sunday and you'll do that willingly and gladly to watch your team. Now, I we touched on this and what's annoyed me with some of the pundits and, and they have the right to say whatever they want, like totally fine and can respect what they say, but businesses like NBCSN and CBS have practically laid the blueprint for the quote-unquote new fans. I saw a quote earlier today. It might have been from the Real Madrid president who said, who was talking about the current fans as legacy fans and the new era fans are those who will pay, like do pay-per-view for every match. And that's, and I think Mm -hmm. some of this blame way nowhere near the lion's share, but it belongs on NBCSN because they've showed every owner that the American audience is willing to pay money every month to watch 
not even their team. Like you, you can skate by without it, but you know, we've tweeted it. We've had it happen to us before. Mm-hmm. I remember West Ham was playing a huge game on a Sunday morning. Uh, West Ham Man City, I believe. And it, two, at the time, it was two top four teams, and they just weren't showing anything instead of showing two top four teams in a match. Right. It, and it had... Yeah. It has American Ninja Warrior on, and it's like, what... How, how is this? I became a fan because when I was in college, in the fraternity house, soccer was on every morning. I did not care about it, but it was always on. And since it was on, I was like, okay, I'll give this a shot. Now, that that just doesn't happen anymore. Like, you don't really stumble into it as much as, you know, this upcoming weekend, half the games are on Peacock, not on TV, which is just so ironic with their entire discourse in between is going to be about this super league and how unfair it is. And they're not considering fans or the champions league. Even right now they show a three hour radio talk show instead of any live mm-hmm. champions league. And the years before when it was on BR live, it was they like when TNT or TBS, it would be like bones episodes from yeah. 2010. Like, Right. It's just a gross mistreatment of fans and it's very disheartening because you feel I think it's very different from American sports when you pick a soccer team to support you kind of feel like you belong to a more special group or at least I have in picking Liverpool. Well, and that's that was a difference I was going to bring up like very importantly every essentially every soccer team every european team is blah 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 club or like something 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 club and i saw i think this was probably a tweet or something like that is important because it is like a club atmosphere and not like a in america you have sports franchises like the the teams in the nba are nba franchises the teams in the nfl are nfl franchises like that that word change is very important and you know moving to this super league is very much a you are now a franchise you're not you know it's not like think of how all these teams were started west ham was started by like dudes that worked in like an iron mill and we're just like, ah, oh, like, let's play. Like, Arsenal is literally because people worked in an Arsenal. And they were like, oh, like, let's put a team together. Yeah, <laughs> not, I mean, not we cut a check for $800 million to the 30 other teams in this league to give us a give us the rights to join. Yeah, this was a sport that was born out of working class people looking trying to have something to look forward to and that is kind of what it's maintained and that's what it's so great like mm-hmm. and i remember i think in my second year of supporting liverpool the henrys tried to rate they announced that they were raising the uh regular season ticket price to, to $77 for a game. And I was like, that's it? Like, that's all it costs? Yeah. Because we're so used to... If we tried to go to a Colts game... Well, granted, Colts mm-hmm. game, you can get to one cheaper. But say they're playing mm-hmm. well, and you want to go to an NFL game, you're 
not going to find a single ticket under a hundred dollars mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. like a team that would be Liverpool size. And I remember mm-hmm. they were play- They played Sunderland. They went up two zero in the seventy seventh minute. The cop had a walkout, and Liverpool wound up drawing the game two two, giving up two goals after that walkout. And and, yeah, and we see it on TV. That. The game the games are different without fans and. It'll be interesting to see when fans are able to go back in, what the response is, because there's been so much buildup over this time. And that's why I feel terrible for the Liverpool players, because, you know, they didn't get to win the Premier League in front of their fans. People have been waiting to celebrate that for them. Mm-hmm. Now the owners have just ruined it because everyone's right. been mad about the whole situation. And these guys haven't got the proper celebration for what they've done. And that's you talking about the fans not being there. I think, you know, everything that's happened in the world this past year is the only way this comes to fruition. Because it's like, you know, I was making fun of earlier the the Florentino Perez, his quote about, you know, football will be done by 2024 if this doesn't happen. It's like, dude, like, what are you talking about? But also, if like 18 months ago you were like, hey, man, like, we're going to have a global pandemic and, like, games are going to get canceled and, like, March Madness isn't going to happen and, yeah, like, you're going to have to stay inside for, like, over a year. I'd also be like, what are you talking about? Like, not to say that I think, oh, well, maybe he's right. But it is, like, this, to to quote Game of Thrones, chaos is a ladder. And the past year in world (laughs) football and the world in general has been chaos to where now a guy can come, a guy worth $2.3 billion can come out and say, hey man, like our, we, we could run out of money and it's not like, you know, with, with Barcelona, like all the issues they went through, like these teams are struggling financially and it, it, it's crazy and like yeah, no fans, so like uh, no one has to directly face crap. Like eighty thousand people booing them for their decision. Like, but the thing is, so much of the money is predicated on fans in the ground, or at least that's what we're led to believe because this last year has absolutely crushed all of these teams. Right. Right. So, but that's my thing. You know that the games will start opening up and what are you going to see from the fans that come back through? Like are fans going to boycott, which is always tough because an issue is like people will go. Like if you have an opportunity to go, you will. And you don't want to support this behavior, but it, I think it, it just puts fans, it puts the play, it puts everybody but the owners in a terrible spot. And that's why there's so much agreed, hatred towards this plan mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it, it's very owners of clubs are very easy to like direct anger at but this in in cases you know as a west ham fan we all hate the club's owners and like probably always will regardless of who it is but right. like it, that's just what you do but in situations like this where it is very clear, you know, nobody was consulted on this. No no players, no fans, no coaches, no one. Like, it is a very, like, oh, yeah, like, this is 
all on the owners. <laughs> yeah, and they're they're the ones who don't have to answer to any media, mm-hmm. and that it's it's just going to be the mm-hmm. question every single match, every single week. Like, and I get it because it's crazy, and there needs to be answers for for what mm-hmm. what's come up because it's it's insane. But they're asking the wrong people. Like, you're not getting. Mm-hmm. In the mm-hmm. end, we're, we're eventually not going to get to the, any real answer because the no. people in charge aren't answering. Right. Yeah. So, it, I mean, I think, you know, obviously it is a fluid situation. Like, who knows what tomorrow will bring. I think right now we're really just in the in the posturing stage. Like, every, everybody's trying to get slam dunk like PR points by saying like, Hey, this is bad. And then right before we started recording, there was tweets going out that maybe there were a couple England, couple teams in England getting cold feet. And, but then you have the, you know, Florentino Perez is saying, Nope, contracts are signed. Like we're, we're doing this. Like there's nothing, there's nothing that can be done about this. Um, yeah, I mean it's crazy. Like there's there's a lot going on. And then when when are the Champions League semifinals? I don't know. It actually once Liverpool got knocked out, I didn't rush yeah. to see when the next games were, but the yeah. the final is usually in June, so I bet there's a couple right. a couple weeks off here. But they might have changed yeah. it with COVID, so it might be they're they're April 27th and 28th, so literally next, next week. week. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and yeah, so an answer is going to come down. So they have, yeah, they, yeah, if, if they're saying they're banning these teams, I mean, they have nine days to do it because these games are happening. And then, you know, this summer we have the Euros, the, the summer after World Cup. It, the the winter and, and that that's where it all kind of well, ties back yeah. into it's like yeah you have a world cup built on slave labor in yes. Qatar and it's yes. also going to ruin a I, I'm not equating the two the, that's definitely worse but they're going to be right in the middle of Premier League yes see, like it's going to throw everything off like it's, there there were no all the logistics are terrible. Full stop. But it's also literally being built by slaves. Like, slaves are building these stadiums. They're dying by the thousands. Human rights atrocities. Like, actually. So go back to what we said earlier. We we don't like the European Super League, but we are also not... There are no good guys in this situation. No. Like, yeah. Like, the people... The people involved at the top of this are like all, all evil to agnostic. Like I don't think there are any like altruistic like good no, people involved no. here. <laughs> no, that's the thing. If it all of these people who are trying to make the decisions care about money and power, and that's it. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's sad because we're all the ones who have to pay for it in the end. But right. one of the things I just wanted to say kind of on that topic, too, because it's like not a perfect system. I had a point I was trying to make in our texting group was in the last 15 years, 
that is 60 Champions League slots for the top four teams. 59 of the 60 have been filled by the six teams that signed to leave. The only uh, one that was not was the Leicester City champion in 2016. So Mm -hmm. there's already some level of inequality in the current system. How they fix that, I don't know if it needs fixed. I don't know if they do need to add another team. But the whole thing is like being a sports fan is that essence of hope. You mm-hmm. you always are hoping because it's just so funny. Like when your sports team loses, you always think like, why do I put myself through this? Like, why did I wake up at seven on a Saturday to watch my team lose in the last second? But it's because you hope that they don't and you'll do it again the Mm -hmm. next time and you always want to be there. And that's what's killing this thing. It it kills hope and every that's that's just what's terrible about it. And Mm -hmm. we are are clearly a no Europe Super League podcast. We want that fully bold print underline on the record. Yes, yes. Uh, Unless they want to invite West Ham, which in that sense, like, Eh, I, I'm just waiting for West maybe. Ham or one of these teams who clearly weren't consulted to be like, we take a stand and say we will not join. Oh, that would be, that's the, the this is a, a deep cut for those of you that don't follow American American college basketball, but yeah. IU firing their coach and Steve Alford immediately saying like, oh, oh I'm, I'm happy with, I'm happy with my job. Like, okay, dude, no one asked, like you're not. But that it that oh man, could you imagine if like the owners of Brighton came out and they were like, "We will not be joining the European yeah. Super League." That's how you know it hasn't reached peak banter because people yeah. actually have the real emotions in it. Because if you're yeah. a social media manager for one of these clubs, that is an oh. easy yes five thousand retweet, hundred thousand yes. like it, it yeah it'd crush. And that's what everyone's mm-hmm. doing right now, too. You said it. They're mm-hmm. trying to get their home run tweets out like, I got mm-hmm. it first, I got it this, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. No, mm-hmm. There's really no news other than the clubs that tweeted out, they're breaking away. Mm-hmm. And, and and I will say Bayern has, seems to have pretty definitively come out against it. And Dortmund. S- yeah. Uh, cynically, I would also say... Bayern already has a pretty nice setup in yeah. which oh, the yeah. the the heads of German the heads of the German Football Association uh, really want Bayern to do well. <laughs> so, right? Yeah, ba- Bayern. That's a pretty sweet gig. <laughs> I I we I don't want to keep tying it all the way back in, but some of these things come up for some reasons. Like Bayern somehow, you know, the way that they have the Bundesliga set up, like. I just can't imagine this happening in the Premier League. They buy the best players on the best teams below them. Like, they right. can go to RB Leipzig or they can go to Dortmund. And, I mean, that's how they got Lewandowski and all these people. Like, yeah. They just went and yeah. bought them and they're mm-hmm. able to do that. Like, it'd be nuts if Man City, after they win their third and fourth, third Premier League championship in four years, that they just, like, looked at Man United's roster and like mm, we'll take fernandez and pogba this year yeah that, that's what yeah, they do it's 
it's and, not even the smaller teams in Germany. It's their largest rival in Germany. Right. It's the, and, just buy the best players off the second place team. And it's that, and then it's PSG and Man City have clearly broken financial fair play. Like, there's right. no way the, the money checks out. But all we're doing is pointing at problems. We're also, may, maybe we'll brainstorm, put our heads together for the uh, Banter well, Super League. So that that's what I, I was going to say. A fun thought experiment would be pitching a revamp Champions League. Okay. I'm I'm fine to come back next week to give yeah to to bring solutions john taffer embrace yep. solutions yep yeah we'll um we we can talk offline i'll be out of town but we'll we'll make it work <laughs> well we'll figure, whatever we can yeah we can get a different record date whatever works yeah yeah all right uh so i get we should mention jose Mourinho was fired today <laughs> Poor one out. <laughs> like what? the week of a final, he got his team to a final and he got cut. Yes, yes, that's brutal. Uh, Again, a draw. They drew a team. Uh, they drew a team above them in the table. They drew with the team above them in the table. I think therein lies some of the issue. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe the owners don't think Everton should be above them in the table, but yeah. I, so I will say, good for Ryan Mason, uh, getting an opportunity to manage the team. A guy who, what, broke his skull, had to retire early after breaking his skull. I honestly um, didn't see anything, but when you said Ryan Mason, I'm yeah, like, the guy who yeah. played, I think for Hull, maybe Hull, he was he yeah, broke kind of head. bounced around, yeah, broke it, <laughs> broke his skull. Uh, yeah, so like, good for him. You know, if if he can win. If he can win a tight, uh, win a trophy against Man City, you know maybe he doesn't get the permanent job at Tottenham. But I think there will be plenty of clubs around England and Europe in general waiting to waiting to scoop him up. Um, then yeah, for Jose, it'll be exciting to see where he ends up next. Regardless of how big or small the club is, it's never not exciting when he's in charge. Right. I mean. You take the quick look back at the three-year plan, dead and gone. Yeah, yeah. Way too close to the sun. Mm-hmm. It's just so brutal that he can't coach the for a trophy for Tottenham's like first trophy in however long. Yeah, I, I think that yeah. that's mean, but it is. It is what it is. Yep. Okay. Well, I think that's all we have to say about the European Super League. Uh who knows? By the time this comes out, it it could all it could all have changed. All the teams could have changed. Uh, I will do the least editing I've ever done just to like get posted. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, we will talk to you next week or at an undetermined time since I will be out of town. But we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bing.